Commander Koenig will be landing at Moon Base Alpha 2335 lunar time. Coffee, Commander. Thank you. I've got Commissioner Simmons on a video call from Earth, Commander. I'll take it. Ah, John. Well, you're signed, sealed, and approved. The Space Commission's just ratified your appointment as Commander of Moon Base Alpha. What about Commander Gorski? Oh, I uh, relieved him of his command an hour ago. He's not your problem, John. Now, your job is to put man on meta. Any new information? How do you like this? The first close-up shot of the planet Meta, taken from the unmanned Spacefarer 9, just in. An atmosphere. Well, not only that. We're receiving signals, loud and clear, relayed from the same probe. There's no doubt about it. Planet Meta could be supporting life, as we know it. John, the Metaprobe astronaut virus infection mustn't be allowed to stop us. We must make a man landing on Meta. Nothing will stop us. Nothing. Good luck. everybody, and welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. I'm Jason. I'm Red. And this week, we are discussing 1975's Britallian-made sci-fi romp, Space 1999. Oh, don't blame it all on the Brits. The Italians were in it, too. That's why I said Britallian. Kind of a make sure we get portmanteau them in of uh, Britain, British, and Italian. So yeah, but yeah, that was this was inflicted upon us by two European powers, and uh, I'm not sure that they should be forgiven. So spaghetti space. <laughs> yeah, but first uh, we'll discuss a little sci-fi news. What do you got this week? I saw that there is an Aquaman movie trailer. Yes, there is. I haven't seen it yet. I've kind of. I haven't seen it either. I'll be honest with you. I've gotten to the point to where I don't like watching trailers. They give away too much. Oh, really? Yeah, I've I've kind of gotten to the point where, okay, cool. There might be a snippet here or there, you know, a flash or whatever. But I'll purposely not watch it. It's just in the first say 10 seconds i'll give it 10 maybe 15 seconds that's it mm-hmm. if it doesn't grab me in that 10 to 15 then i'm going to depend on other people to tell me whether or not it's worth watching because i i want i don't want any spoilers i want everything to be fresh right right no no i i totally understand yeah there there are some trailers that kind of push the line on on what they reveal in in their in their trailers um but I haven't seen anything recently that is that sticks out of my head as, oh my god, they basically gave away the whole movie. Right. I mean, occasionally you'll come across a trailer that will kind of you know show a whole lot of funny bits, and this is especially true for for comedies. You'll come across a trailer that's that's really funny, and then you kind of think to yourself, well, I mean, how much funnier is the movie going to be? I think they pretty much showed me all their good mm-hmm. jokes. Exactly. But Aquaman's got a trailer out, and so does Venom, one of my all-time favorite characters. But I don't know if you'd call that sci-fi. I mean, he was a symbiote from space. 
Yeah, but I mean, yeah. it's technically a superhero movie, and we've kind of sworn off superhero movies yeah. on the pod. So, I mean, you know, Aquaman, it's, but that's the closest. You know, I mean, we got yeah. Star Trek Discovery's got a trailer out for the second blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, you've got that. So there, there's that. I'm not paying to watch Star Trek. No, neither unless am I. they unless they come out with another compelling movie that'll bring me into the box office. But although yeah. you know, there's been some people that must have been eagerly uploading episodes to YouTube, and I've looked on YouTube, and there's nothing there. Oh, I bet they're. I bet YouTube CBS, is cracking. Yeah, I bet CBS takes or sends out DMCR notices pretty often anytime that they detect something Star Trek related on on YouTube. What else you got this week? Well, really, the, the the biggest thing that I could find was essentially the Venom thing, and I thought I was pushing it with that since it's you know superhero. But I'm like, eh, he did come from space. Well, I mean, sci-fi news. We're just giving kind of a an, an overview of the news. We're not going to review any superhero movies. Um, but no, I think no. I think newsworthy anything newsworthy that's kind of sci-fi or sci-fi adjacent like horror superhero uh, maybe some kind of maybe low fantasy things like that I'm not gonna ding you for it okay I appreciate that I did hear there's gonna be a Men in Black spinoff yeah I've heard that not and sure how not sure what I think about that but I've I've also heard there's going to be uh, a new Predator movie coming out. Yes. I am kind of looking forward to that. Oh, well, sure. I think the Predators are really cool. Um, but I, uh, I don't have... I mean, and for me, this is a lot. I don't normally crawl through the sci-fi news. I just kind of wait to get blindsided, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I did, I did a little bit of digging. And there's a Predator movie coming out. And there's a Men in Black spinoff. I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm nervous about these spinoffs. Um, are they going to stay true to it? Is it going to be part of the Kelvin universe? Um, which actually I kind of like the Kelvin universe, but um, I have you know, mixed it feelings takes things about the Kelvin universe. Direction. You got yeah. some what? I have some mixed feelings about the Kelvin universe, but well, I kind of like it because you know, I mean, it lets you reimagine a few things. I personally am a fan of all of the actors they've got to bring. You know, the the young McCoy, the young Kirk, the young Spock. I think they did a great job casting all of them. Um, the The only thing I think is wrong is Chris Pine isn't staggered enough in his speech and he's not melodramatic enough <laughs> he does seem to be a bit of a player um i am but even in the original series my my two favorite characters were spock and mccoy i i i would bounce back and forth between the which i liked the most oh yeah their dynamic was just absolutely and, amazing and i think they have captured that in the last couple of movies i've really enjoyed watching uh the new actors uh what is that zachary quinto and i can't think of the actor that plays mccoy um but he's yeah. awesome too you had to ask and now it's just totally flitted from my mind uh let's see if we can do some quick news research on the fly zip i was uh, thinking that zipper it's it's wonderful I love that sound. Carl Urban. 
I don't know why I, I do. think of that. But. but I think we need to customize it just a little bit more. Do you? I do. And sure, it should be relatively simple to do. Okay. Do you recall the joke that I, I uh, tried to pull on you and you threw it right back in my face? And that's a horrible pun after you hear where this is going. <laughs> um, when I said, yeah, whenever I drop my pants, I hear angels sing. Uh-huh. And what was your response? All I hear is a thud. Whenever one of us is respectively doing search on the fly, we should either hear angels singing or a deep thud. <laughs> so you hear the I, I zipper I, and then a thud or, you know, ah, ah, ah. I think I can make that happen. I think that would be a good <laughs> modification. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. All right. It was just a thought. <laughs> just doing some thoughting. So what is his name? Uh, Carl Urban. Carl Urban. There yeah. we go. <laughs> I He's awesome. I, I saw him in, uh, it was a, a horrible Wesley Snipes movie, The Gallow Walkers. Uh-huh. And he played uh, a bad guy in that. And I thought he did a great job. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he stole that movie. He stole everything from Snipes. Snipes oh, yeah. was, you know, the Clint Eastwood tough guy growling when he spoke. Uh, you know. And I just thought Urban was just the shit and i started being a fan of his from that movie oh yeah he's a he's a great actor have you seen ragnarok yet yes yeah you know he's in that right which one what, what, what who is he he's the bald guy who took over uh who took over the gate <sighs> oh my god i knew <laughs> yeah. he looked familiar yeah he's that That's fucking him. traitor yeah, the one that, that turned around at the, at the very end, end with his yeah. M16s. Spoiler Thunder alert. Thunder and lightning. Spoiler alert. Oh my god. That yeah, it's been out a little while. Yeah, it's been cool. out over here. That is cool. I like him. He's just yeah. awesome. He is. So my news this week is that Mark Marin is gonna be in the new Joker movie. And this is the Joker movie that's outside of the DC extended universe. Uh, the one that has Robert De Niro and Joaquin Phoenix in it. So, okay, I, I'm outside the DC universe, so it's going to go Marvel? Dark well, no, Wars? no, no. Outside the DC extended universe. So the same universe that the current Justice League and Batman and Superman movies and Wonder, Wet, uh, Wonder Woman movies. Wonder Wet? In. Did Wonder- you just call her Wonder Wet? No, I didn't. I stumbled over the word I'm Wonder Woman. I'm thinking you should have. Wonder Wet. It is, it is not a Freudian slip. Just And since, I don't know about this. Why don't you lay on my couch? We can discuss this. It's a, it's a I, very no, last time I laid on your couch, you got all kinds of hey, handsy. Hey, no. hey, 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 just drink the Kool-Aid. Shh, let it happen. No. Let it happen. No, um... Just on a side note, just a little quick tangent. I think Wonder Woman could kick Thor's ass. Before <laughs> that be battle, before he got his lightning powers, that would be a good battle. I think Wonder Woman could do it. That'd be a hell of a fight. I just had to throw that in there. After watching her fight um, the Kryptonian Terminator, right? I mean, I was like, damn, Wonder Woman got some skizzles. That'd be a good battle, demigod versus demigod. Yeah. Well, else. no, I guess Thor is actually a, a full-fledged god, isn't he? He's a he's a full-fledged god, and he certainly yeah. when he hits puberty in Ragnarok, I mean, damn. 
yeah. that comes into his own, I don't think it'd be much of a fight. Now, I don't know. I think I may have to give it to Thor. You think? Uh, I'm yeah, thinking I Wonder don't know. Woman could, Wonder Woman would scar his ass. He'd be wanting to date her. Oh, yeah, yeah. He 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 might lose, you know, some digits or, or a limb or something. and She'd help him with that eye. Yeah, right. <laughs> He get some good. He get some good parking at Walmart after she was through with him. Win but I think. Uh, but I think Mark Marrow might be a pretty good, uh, pretty good fit with those two. I think this is. So tell be a me what this dark... outside the universe is. So is it gonna? So are the so movies is, outside the universe? Yes, and the movie is outside of the DC extended universe. It doesn't relate with the movies uh, that that belong in that universe. So, you know, Jared Leto is the Joker in that universe. Oh yeah. He was fucking Suicide amazing. Squad. Really? You like Jared Leto's Joker? I thought he was really fucking good in the little bitty bit that he had. And uh, I've seen some of the cut scenes. It's a different, it's a different take. It is. It's a different take. It's a little more urbane. It's a little it more is. modern. I think the millenn I think he's more of a, um, a Joker for the millennials. I can see that. But um, I, I really think he did a hell of a job. I, I was very impressed with Mr. Leto. I was um, lukewarm on and him. I've, I, and, I, and I also really like the color purple. So purple Lamborghini, all about that. <laughs> right, yeah. No, I, I definitely like the, the style and panache that he kind of brought I, to Joker. But he, the, the, I don't think he I don't think he's that. as good as the last Joker. Oh yeah, no Heath Ledger. I think Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger was, brought that intelligent psychosis. He was to the, the Joker. best Joker ever, and I'm even including Nicholson. I thought Nicholson had some really good aspects of the Joker. Yeah, he did. But um, what I don't know. I just feel that Ledger. He just he he became Joker. Yeah, that was really really good, and I think Leto's got some big shoes to fill. But I also don't think that they gave us an opportunity to let him put those shoes on in the last movie, Suicide Squad. That's true. He didn't have just a, a humongous role in the, in that movie. And maybe if he's got more of a a focus on him in in the Joker character, he he might bring more than just kind of this manic psychotic to the to the role. Um, but I, th- one of the things that I liked about both Nicholson and Ledger's Jokers. Were I mean they they were definitely psychopaths, but they were very intelligent psychopaths. Yes, and um, they had they had a method to their madness, whereas Leto's Joker just seemed kind of anarchy for anarchy's sake. Right, <laughs> which is interesting that you say that because I just got through watching um, the the Heath Ledger Batman. And that's one of the things he refers to himself as as an anarchist. Right. I'm like, eh, no, not really. <laughs> you know what the hell you're doing. Right. He's not so much a force of nature. I mean, it's, it's not like, oh, is it going to rain? There's definitely some, some determined effort on the right. part of the Joker. And then also while we're into this little thing, um, that horrible movie with, um, I don't even know who played Batman in it, but it was where... Um, Schwarzenegger was Dr. Freeze. <laughs> Batman Forever. <laughs> Batman Forever. Oh, God, did that stink on ice. Was that Kilmer? Um, no, that was Clooney. That was Clooney. Oh, well, That was see. Clooney's Batman. That was he needs the to one go back with... to staring at goats. 
Yeah, that was the one with Alicia Silverstone and um, oh, what's his face is Robin. Um, and they had the the bat yeah, cards. Uh, uh, and bat so butts. what was that that guy? He's uh, NCIS. Oh yeah, what NCIS Lubbock Chris, or something? Yeah, Chris something Pratt. other. No, not Chris, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Um, Chris. I don't know. The only good thing about that that NCIS show that I really like, I love the 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 boss lady, the little person. I can't think of her name, but I fell in love with her when I saw the movie Silverado. Because she played uh, the the saloon matron, uh huh, and I really enjoy. I've always been a fan of LL. Yeah, LL. Mama said, "Knock you out." I mean, and shit. I still laugh about that story where that guy broke into his house and LL beat the living shit out of that guy. <laughs> I mean, the cops had to show up. He was wanting the bad guy was wanting the cops to show up by the time they got there. Get LL off my ass. I mean, LL could have just shot the fucker. Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to get personal with you. <laughs> My family's in this house. You and I gots to dance. Oh, LL's so cool. Yeah, he is. And he's perpetually oh. 25, so he's a bastard in that regard. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the man's too never pretty. Ages. He's too damn pretty. I mean, shit, even the rocks got the decency to age. He's, he's, he's aging a little bit. You can see Vin Diesel. He's aging a little bit. LL still looks like he's fresh out of the package. Fucking it's Ice Cube hasn't fair. aged much either. No, no, he hasn't. You're right about that. I, I think it's the ganja. It might it's be. A, it's a preservative. <laughs> it's a preservative. Now, if we can just make it like uh, like some kind of a, a, a miracle girl so Kevin Hart can break five foot, then everything... I didn't go there. Did I say that? Was that my outside voice? <laughs> Oh. Somewhere, somewhere, for some reason, Kevin Hart, wherever he's at, just said, motherfucker. And he didn't even know why. It just popped out. It's a Tourette's thing. Motherfucker. So but I was no. wrong. Uh, the movie is actually Batman and Robin, but it does, have, okay. it does have Clooney and it does have Alicia Silverstone. I had the right movie. I had the wrong title. Um, right. It's Chris O'Donnell. There you go. Chris O'Donnell. Yep. But no, the reason I mention it. The reason I mention it is because you've got a character in there that you may or may not have heard of. Okay, there, there's mm-hmm. a character actor. Um, he used to be on a, a, a short, not very popular show called In Living Color. Oh, I've never heard of that. Never heard of that show? Oh, you should no. check it out. You should check it out. Is it any good? It's 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 okay. I mean, if if you want to laugh, anybody know. that I might know in it. Um, let's see. In the Truman Show, there was Holland Taylor. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um. Then of course you've got uh, Noah Emmerich. I mean, who cannot? Hmm. I mean, the vending machine operator from Goonies. Uh, yeah, I don't Goonies. know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, and some guy named Jim Carrey. Yeah, I've never heard of him either. Oh, well, he's phenomenal. Uh, he played the Riddler in Batman and Robin. All right. And I think, honestly. No, he played if, the Riddler in in, um, in Batman Forever. Was it Batman Forever? I thought yeah, he was in so, the one with Freeze. No. So the, the one with Freeze had, um, 
uh, what's her face that played uh, Poison Ivy? Um, oh, oh, Kill Bill. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah. God, Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I can't believe I forgot Uma Thurman. Jesus. Um, yeah. So yeah, you just lost your date. I know. Uh, Batman Which and Robin. supposed to go out? You're supposed to meet at Five Guys or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You're lucky if it'll be Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I think Jim Carrey is the Riddler. Jim Carrey is the Riddler. Um, was potentially amazing because when he played the cable guy, he was scary. Yeah, that was a creepy dark comedy there. And I could see Jim Carrey reprising his role as the Riddler and just let him go dark. Just let him go dark, and I think he could keep up with anything Leto could dish out as the Joker. Yeah, um, if he didn't play the Riddler like he did in Bat uh, in Batman Forever, I wasn't no, 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 fond. He can't. He I wasn't can't do fond that. of that Riddler because it was no. too campy, and exactly. the costume design was awful. Oh, terrible! But I mean, can you not see though the the man's acting ability is just over the top. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could really see him, you know, doing that awesome. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I I have no problem with that whatsoever. So anyway, that's more superhero shit. We got to stop this. Well, my my last news item uh, is just that Jessica Lange is going to reprise one of her roles in the upcoming season of America Horror Story or American Horror Story Apocalypse. Okay. Uh, she's she's going to come back as Constance, uh, which was the character that she played in the first series, which was Murder House. Uh, she was the next door neighbor to the people that that oh, moved into the into the fun. into the house that people got murdered in. Cool. Yeah, I kind of need to try that show. Uh, I was intrigued when I heard that Lady Gaga was a main character for a while. Oh yeah, that that season was actually pretty good. It was a uh, American Horror Story Hotel. And yes, she was she was very good in that role. She did a great it's, job. That's one of the most talented individuals. I mean, when I heard she was getting paired up with, uh, oh my God, I can see him, the crooner. He's like 90. They had that uh, wonderful Christmas song. Uh, uh, damn it. Not Sinatra. He's dead. Oh, it wasn't Sinatra, but you got the right era. Oh, um, uh, 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 yeah, not Wayne Newton, is it? No, it's not Wayne Newton. Oh shit! What is wrong with it? So I'm pretty sure that this uh, Space 1999 episode has sucked about half the brain out of my ear. Um, Fuck this up. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm ever gonna recover. And uh, Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. Yep. Tony Bennett. Yep. First, I was amazed that fella can still sing. I mean, he definitely has some age to his voice, but he is still velvet smooth. And Poker Face singing, oh my God. It's just, they were such a great coupling. Well, she's got a great voice too. So She does, but I mean, I just wasn't expecting her style to be able to blend and that's what's neat she stepped out of her style into an entirely different genre and she won it was <laughs> it was just it was just awesome so i don't I'm think it huge... was a competition it was a it was a collaboration whatever i'm not saying competing i'm just like they were awesome together 
They were awesome together. I wanted to go to Barnes and Noble and buy books. That's why I right. first saw them sing. But yeah, Space 1999, Star Trek of 1975, brought to us by Spaghetti's in Space. Oh, man. This show. United so, Federation of Ravioli. What episodes did you watch? I actually took notes on this one to keep up. I watched episode one, episode 12, season two, and episode 24, season one. Well, you made it through more episodes than I could. I watched episode one, season one. I watched episode one, season two, and then I I wanted to just, you know, take a nap forever. Get some Mylanta. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was all I could. Well, the, well, and see, the science kind of confuses me. They brought up something in the first episode. Science? There was no science in this show. Well, they said the reason the planet or the the moon broke away yeah. was because of gravitational radiation. <laughs> so I did some looking. I did some, so if you want to do the zipper and... All right. Gravitational radiation. Lay it on Okay. This is from math.ucr.edu. Okily-dokily. Gotcha. All right, so there's actual math in this. Okay. They, They got math to back it up. For example, this is me reading the math. Uh huh. But there is good evidence that C, that's big C, okay. bottom below it, little g, little w, is in fact at least almost C, little e, little m. We observe high energy cosmic rays in the 10 to the 20th to the 10 to the 21st, little bitty e, giant V region. Such particles are traveling at up to, parentheses, 1 minus 10 to the negative 18th, close parentheses, giant C, little bitty m, little bitty e, m. There's some shit to this. But they got they got layman's language at the top. And basically it says gravitational radiation is to gravity what light is to electromagnetism. It is produced mm-hmm. when massive bodies accelerate. You can accelerate any body so as to produce such radiation, but due to the feeble strength of gravity, it is entirely undetectable except when produced by intense I stress intense astrophysical sources such as supernova explosions. And black holes. From black holes. So, my question is this. There is... F- first off... First off... <laughs> this was a fission explosion. Right. According to the episode. When does intense gravity cause fission rather than fusion? Well, I mean, it's not even it's not even a question of if gravity causes fission or fusion explosions. It's and why is the moon still around? Right, that's the why big is problem Earth still there? That's the first big issue I had. Secondly, secondly, they're dead on correct with how it changes your eye color. Thirdly. <laughs> Thirdly, because I watched that episode twice. Well, two and a half times to make sure I got some of this to bitch about correctly. And my eyes started changing color. <laughs> so that happens. Thirdly. Thirdly. Okay. The moon gets knocked out of orbit. Right? Yeah. It's moving away. 
their operation exodus to leave they they, they couldn't go because there was no way to chart a course to the earth that big blue marble in front of them uh-huh they couldn't leave yeah why all questions that we'll need to explore after we do the pod crawl. Alright. Let me hear some crawling. I wanna crawl. Make me crawl. Do it. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl! Pod crawl, pod crawl, excellent, inserted deep, pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. The landfill beyond the star's trope is alive and well in the opening scene as we pan into a nuclear waste disposal area on the moon. Low gravity on the moon, but in space between the moon and Earth, gravity is no problem. On the moon, everything moves in slow-mo. Dig that funky disco intro. September 13, 1999, looks like someone's got a case of the Mondays. A space butler greets Victor and John upon arrival to the moon base. Door, remotes, what's the point? What happens when you lose it? Radiation might be causing Dane Bramage. The backup crew will take seven days to order, should have kept that Amazon Prime account active. The Sheriff of Nottingham refuses to stop dumping toxic waste on the moon, but agrees to let it pile up for a bit to get his probe launched. The moon has boobs. In the future, brass knuckles shoot lasers. Space cataracts are killing astronauts. Heat from the moon boobs is causing thunderstorms on the moon. The Doctor is the lone voice of reason against throwing more people at the problem and getting them killed, but promptly ignored. Magic magnetism is causing space cataracts. They could have flown the Eagles by remote all this time, but they killed nine or more people anyway. The <laughs> Sheriff of Nottingham comes to Moon Base Alpha to personally Sheriff oversee the shit show. This show has a complete lack of knowledge of orbital mechanics and how gravity and thrust works. They had a contingency plan for exiting Earth's orbit. Moving on to season two. This show has greatly aged Martin Landau and has turned into a Planet of the Week series. <laughs> this week, the Moon has stumbled across a planet with titanium, which is important for a reason I don't care about. Lord Mentor of Loxley sends his daughter to rendezvous with the Alphans. Mentor tries to capture the ship using bubble technology, but with the power of vacuum cleaners on blow instead of suck, the eagle breaks away. Alien zombie slaves are mining titanium while Mentor discovers a psychic source for his bubble drive. Using more ultimate bubble technology inspired by the prisoner, Mentor imprisons Koenig and his crew. Lioness Breakfast at Tiffany's has a chat with Koenig. Oh my god, will this hell ever end? The look characters have when Psyche drains minds is the same look I get while watching this show. Mentor has a nice Tupperware set for his prisoners. Maya finally stops taking her father's word for everything and sees his slaving ways for herself and releases the Alpha prisoners. With the help of a wah-wah soundtrack, they destroy the bubble machine and the planet along with it. <laughs> Lord Loxley pleads to Koenig to take his daughter and dies in a fire, which seems fitting. The Alphas make it off the planet, the planet blows up, everyone cries a little, including me, and roll happy I never have to watch this Drek ever again credits. <laughs> and they're not boobs, they're teats. Oh, sorry. Whatever. Lunar teats. They look like boobs. They had nipples. Stalag teats and stalag meats. <laughs> no, oh, this, yeah. this show has a complete lack of Knowledge. basic fundamental physics. Yeah. Yeah. But I really wish they would have had butterfly collars on the spacesuits. Oh, they did in the second season? Did you not see that? I didn't see that, but yeah. I did see the bell bottoms. Before we go any further, though, I think in order to fully erase our minds of space 1999 as we as we discuss it for this this pod, I think I'm going to have to uh, start drinking. 
Well, there is, is that. I think this is going to be a drinking episode for me. What this say you? This could be a drinking episode. Huzzah! I'll get some Negromodello. I, right now in front of me, am uncorking a nice tawny port. Port? You going to water that down or take it straight? Why would I water down a port? Because port is sweet. Oh, it's not too sweet. Ooh, I remember that one time Big Matt gave me some port, and it was like drinking syrup. It is a dessert wine. Oh, a boy. fortified dessert wine. Fucking cork just split on me. But, yeah, I can help you get that out. What you need is an earworm. Yuck. I'm a cat. I'm a kitty cat. And I dance, oh, dance, fuck. Dance, 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 oh, fuck. Fuck cat. you. I'm a kitty cat. Fuck and I dance, you. Dance, 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 dance. Oh, my God. You rotten hell. Or, or we could do a, a more fun one, a more pleasant one. I haven't met any of these people yet. I hope to one day. We could always talk about the bushes of love. The You're bad have lip to remind readers. my memory. Bad lip readers. I haven't seen that one. Oh, my God. Yes, you need to see Bushes of Love. They've also got a pretty good one for The Walking Dead. I will have to check that out. Go get your Negro. All right. Back in a flash. I hast returned. And since you are a reformed smoker, I shall smoke for the both of us. That'll work. There will be two cigarettes burning. <laughs> Double fisting that one, huh? Mm, uh, we don't do no fisting. No fisting. <laughs> you just brought Caligula to my mind. No fisting. Ugh. So I hope you brought more than one Negro Modelo because it's going to take. Negra. Negra. Oh, is it Negra? I thought it was Negra. Negra Modelo. Oh, okay. I hope you brought one or more than one because it's going to take more than one to get through this fucking show. Uh, well, if we have to, I've still got my, uh, my effeminate tequila that tastes so amazing. Oh, you should have brought that. Oh, I've got that, no problem. I hate the bottle. Damn, do I like the tequila. I hate <laughs> that bottle. I need to buy it at, you know, right at closing time. <laughs> Nobody's there. Just a couple of anxious winos. <laughs> sneak in, sneak out. Although a few of our package stores do have drive-up, which I find totally crazy. What, what's not to like about a, a drive-up liquor store? I understand. It's the whole drinking and driving thing. Sure. Not that I'm going to do it, but you know people do. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they do. But. So where to start? I think, uh, I think a great place to, to start on this is you have to throw all concept of continuity and science and understanding the physical world out the window to begin with because right. just the inconsistencies and in how they depict gravity in this show are paramount. Well, they've got the artificial first- gravity. They mentioned that in the first episode. Humans do have artificial gravity. Yeah, but where do they use it? Or they don't want to be in slow mo. <laughs> and why do they depict low gravity in slow mo? Because we've never been to the moon. We don't know what it's like. 
Oh, but wait, this is 1975. We have been to the moon. We do know what it's like. Oh, no, we haven't. Talk to some people on the web. Oh, for fuck's sake. Don't bring that shit up again. (laughs) (laughs) We ain't never been. That's a whole different podcast. I'm just saying. Yeah, I like like how how, uh, Dr. Tyson sums it up on one little thing. He's like, look, all you got to do to know that we went to the moon is use some simple algebra and f- look at how much fuel we put on the Apollo rocket. It's enough to get to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that really, he just, that was succinct. <laughs> right. right to it. There's enough gas on that thing to go to the moon. And, uh, you know, w- once you light that candle, it's going. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going. Even if you don't, let you might as well land, because guess what? In three days, you're there. No, so one of the major issues that I had was they've got this artificial gravity, I guess. They're using artificial gravity on this small-ass shuttle between Earth and the moon. Um, I'm supposing they have artificial gravity on the, the space station because it didn't look like it was, you know, spinning in some sort of centrifuge type fashion to generate gravity. So whatever this magical artificial gravity generator they have, they use in only select spots. Now, one question I had is, do they use it in the moon base? Because when they're out on the moon's surface, they're all in slow-mo mode. In fact, yeah. I, I, I ex- fully expected them to talk like this. <laughs> well, yeah. See, the reason they have a can of easy. <laughs> it doesn't stick to dusty surfaces like the moon. <laughs> but it does stick to shiny white surfaces like the interior of the base in the ship. Right. So they spray some of the gravity, the easy gravity. You've heard of easy off for the oven. This is easy on for gravity because you're going to be easy on this. Boom. You're there. Next question. My next question is, <laughs> so we've, we've established that they don't know how gravity works. Got it. They got water. Do they? I, ne- I never saw any water. They got water. In fact, it was in, it was specifically mentioned in Episode 12, Season 2, Seed of Destruction. Mm-hmm. They were channeling power from life support to make a green flashlight beam hit an asteroid, a crystalline asteroid. And they got a report that their uh, hydroponics and their water reserves had frozen because of no heat. So it got cold. So they got water. Okay. Well... So they have water. That's a step up on uh, the Galactica. That's good. Uh, My next question is, what is their thing with radiation? Everything is radiation. Well, I mean, radiation is such. Well, but radiation is a broad category. I mean, radiation includes anything that's in the electromagnetic spectrum that radiates. I mean, radio waves are radiation. Light is is radiation. This is is bad radiation. This is bad radiation because it's the throwaway kind. You discussed gravitational waves earlier. That's that's a form of radiation that we can now detect on a a very large scale with, with LIGO. Yes. But... 
It's the bad radiation, and everybody was scared of it. And well, so they talked about it. What bad radiation? I don't... I, they, they the never, kind that they makes never, the moon leave the Earth. <laughs> they never specified what type of radiation they were looking at. I it's mean, you gravimitational. Can, well, they didn't say anything about gravitational radiation in that first fucking episode. It was yes, all they about, did. No, they didn't. Yes, they, they just, did. That's why I looked it up. They said that at the very beginning. That crazy doctor with the freaked out that that John Luke Picard wannabe doctor, uh, but no Professor Bergman. Yeah, he did look like he could be Patrick Stewart's dad, didn't he? Yeah. So, and I love what he did with his hair. Way better than Patrick Stewart. Picard <laughs> needed that hair. That hair was groovy, baby. Yeah. But no, he did. He did say gravitational radiation. That's how I knew to look it up. You think I could come up with that on my own? Okay, well, I missed I that. I crutch. But okay, it was mentioned. I took notes. So they were saying gravitational radiation was what they was said, causing the space cataracts? Yes. Because they went all magnetism after a while. Yes. But if, uh, if, if we want to return back to math.ucr.edu, <laughs> about physics and relativity... They're saying that this has to do with oscillating radiation fields can be quantized, and in the case of gravity, the intermediate boson called a graviton in analogy with the photon. Mm-hmm. But gravity is hard for several reasons. Then it goes into the theory of gravity. They talk about uh, uh, Chang and Lee and the gauge theory of elementary particle physics. Mm-hmm. Search for power counting, and then there are some conceptual problems. Uh First off, I, I, I'm not exactly sure how old this is. It's not giving a date. Well, wait, no, it was updated 1996. I believe since then we've found that gravity is a wave, not a particle. Well, gravitons are particles. Gravitons, so gravitons are real? I thought there was a big debate between whether well, or not gravity so was a particle or an in effect. The, in the article you just read, they equated gravitons with, with photons. Right, but this was in 1996, and I thought around 2005 or so they came up with gravity's a wave, not a particle. Well, but photons exhibit both the characteristics of a wave and a particle. Well, okay, yeah, that would do it. That would do it. But gravity waves are fluctuations in the tensorial metric of space-time. That almost sounded like I said that. I actually just read it, but that almost sounded like I said it. <laughs> almost. But yeah, the first stage of LIGO, right? You know, they got that set up in 92. But uh, yeah, then they got math after this. Right. But apparently, for more information, see gravitation ra- gravitational radiation, NATO, ASI. Specifically, the introductory essay by Kip Thorne. But yeah, Hi, I mean, my it, name's it's, Kip, and I know about gravitational radiation. But yeah, I mean, it's it's odd that they would start the show talking about gravity and then ignore gravity throughout the rest it's of the It's 1975. Somebody writing this episode was in the bathroom sitting on the throne and didn't know. He thought he was grabbing a penthouse, and he grabbed an Omni. <laughs> okay. He saw this, said, dude, that sounds so cool, and threw it in there. 
Because the the whole point of this mysterious magnetism that the nuclear waste is supposedly generating and is causing the nuclear waste to, I guess, go critical for some reason. I don't know. I I, I was still kind of it's fissioning. Yeah. What whatever. <laughs> the, the the same magnetism that becomes so intense and and causes these these waste depositories to heat up and cause these electrical storms on the moon. Still not exactly sure how that works because I mean you would have to have both positively and negatively charged particles. Where are the particles coming from? Because there's no atmosphere. So how are you getting arcing? I guess maybe they could. I don't know. Well, actually, the positive and the negative, I saw that. Let me go back to the article. There's something there. Okay. Positive and the negative. Okay. All right. (laughs) Positive, positive, positive and negative. (laughs) Touch it, touch it. Shut up, (laughs) dillhole. Right, right, yeah. For example... Uh, if you want to add a weak, repulsive, short-range component, uh, you're going to need a massive spin and negative one boson. <laughs> if anti-gravity is real, then this has implications for the boson <laughs> spectrum as well. Odd spin bosons. Listen! Fucker! Fucker! Odd spin bosons can attract or repel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. How was that? Oh, that's good. I'm Not about too halfway bad. through this uh, bottle of Tawny Port now, so... There we go. There we go. Would you get a little Capri Sun size? <laughs> well, no. I mean, it's a it's a full-size bottle of Port. Fuck, you're already halfway through it? We got to get through this episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I can go you one more. You didn't watch the episode, so you didn't get to bitch about this one. Mm-hmm. In the the last enemy season one episode twenty four, that's all I wrote. It was so bad. I just wrote down the episode and the name of the show. I didn't even take notes. There were <laughs> the moon comes into a solar system, and there are two planets that are exactly opposite one another on the same orbital rotation. They're in the same orbital rotation, right? So they never see each other because of the sun, their, their star. Right. But apparently they know each other's there, know one another's there because they're at war. Okay. They're well, fighting I mean, each other. That would be easy enough to... And there's that. no way they can fight each... Dot, dot, dot. No, this is where it gets bad. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Okay. They know each other's there. They've got at least interplanetary flight capability. Mm-hmm. Because there are ships, and there are missiles, and they are very liberal with the application of these missiles. But they cannot attack one another's planets directly. Here comes that orbital mechanic thing. Because the sun's in the the way. The sun's in the way. (laughs) It's like this wall they can't get around. So they don't have Newtonian mass? When moon base alpha... Comes into their solar system, they send respectively ships to the moon to use that as a weapons platform for their missile attacks on one another's respective planets. Oh, for fuck's sake. And it gets better. The missiles 
when they impact the moon are so loud <laughs> that it makes people fall to the ground clutching their head and they even specifically talk about inner ear damage. Also, when missiles are fired near, because in the very first attack, there's a volley of missiles coming at them and they're falling down, screaming, holding their heads, you know, blood coming out of their ears. And the missiles never even hit the base. They just go over the base, and that's when they find out they're actually shooting missiles at another planet. But just the roar of the missiles arcing over the base sent people to the ground with bursted eardrums. <laughs> the stapes and the stirrups and everything are just shattering. <laughs> so, I mean... So I can see if Django you get, Fett and his seismic charges got nothing on these guys. Oh God! So I can see if you get um, an explosion on the surface close enough to the base where there, the, could the actual surface. Well, could we've made the transmit. we've made the moon ring like a bell. Okay, but missiles just traveling overhead? No, yeah, you're not going to hear shit. Just overhead. like these stupid oh, no, lightning storms. Just like you the stupid barely hear the disco the- music because of those things. <laughs> Just like the lightning storms in the first fucking episode that you know sounded like a goddamn thunderstorm. No, you're I not gonna. Can't remember the name of the episode, but there's one episode that really scarred me as a child. They were on a ship or a planet somewhere, and there was this evil monster that was not humanoid at all. It was all you ever saw. It looked like giant. All right, you go through an automated car wash, and you know those rags that just kind of hang down and drag over the top of your car that appear to be pointless? Uh-huh. Imagine that, but make it like elephant trunks squirming hmm. around. And it would okay. grab you and pull you into the bright, shining light and the dry ice smoke <laughs> oh my God. coming up from the ground. Yeah. So another problem that I had, and this is, we're still on the first fucking episode here, whenever they... Well, we're not touching the others. We're just mentioning the others. We're stopping at one. When they when they supposedly break out of Earth's orbit, yes. they basically go straight away from the Earth. They don't go off. It's not like they, they uh, accelerate the moon's orbit to where it, it hits escape velocity. No, they just uh, straight away. Just the immense amount of fucking thrust that they would need to do that. And not only that, but it stops the moon's rotation. So when you stopped the moon rotation at that point, they all should have been wall pizza. Fuck them being crammed to the floor. And that's only if the thrust was on the exact opposite side of the moon from where they well, were. I didn't think, th- I didn't think the moon rotated. I knew it orbited. I don't know. It rotates. It rotates. It's in a tidal lock with the earth. That's why we only see one side of the moon. Okay. If the moon didn't rotate, we would, we would uh, see different sides of the moon, but we only see one side of the moon because it's tidally locked to the earth. So it oh. rotates, it rotates at, at the uh, same ratio as it revolves around the the earth. I see. That's why we don't see the Nazi base on the dark side. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. So they would have to have some sort of immense sustained explosion because again, this is, they compared it to a rocket engine. Yeah. Some sort of intense 
sustained explosion on the exact opposite side of the moon that they were in to have that kind of, you know, floor pasty yeah. thrust that they experienced. Yeah, they got some G's, man. Yeah, and then they said, oh, we're decelerating. Now we're only at three Gs. Well, they're moving around awfully fucking great for people that are three times their normal weight. Oh, I know. I know. But see, I used to be a larger person, so I can relate. (laughs) Yeah, just the the immense lack of any kind of scientific, you know, vigor in this show. Their inertial dampeners came online. Oh, okay. So we're doing inertial dampeners. Okay. Well, I mean, it works for Star <laughs> Trek. Might as might as well work for this shit. <laughs> oh man! And did you see how fucking much Martin Landau aged after the the from the oh, first to the yeah. second? Oh yeah, and season? his hair got poofier too. He started using Prell. I know. My God, he, got he so looked much volume. He looked five years older. I saw the first episode of the first season. I saw the first episode of the second season. I was like, "Holy shit!" Did and I? And did miss you know it? he? Did you know he and the actress playing Doctor Russell, the blonde, mm-hmm. were married during this this? Series. No, I didn't realize that they were husband and wife. And could she have talked more flat and more softly? I know. <laughs> I don't think she was into this series as much as everybody else. Oh my stars! I think this that was a woman, paycheck. <laughs> I no, I think she just said, "This is my husband. I'm going to talk to him like we're in bed," and she just spoke like a wife. Very <laughs> unimpressed. Very quiet. Are you done yet? Are you done yet? So the guy that played mentor in the first season of the second series. The instant that I saw him and heard his voice, I knew I recognized him from somewhere. And just before I started looking it up while I was trying to distract myself from watching any of that fucking episode that I had to, Uh it it dawned on me. He was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He was Lord Loxley. He was was Kevin Costner's dad. But the one that, what I remember him from is an old spooky uh, TV show called Friday the 13th. Yes. No, no, no. That was the guy. He Go ahead. was the guy. He was the guy that ran the curio shop, and they were out cat- collecting all the cursed objects. No, that's not him. That's a different dude. You think so? I think so. Let's let's look it up. I loved that show when I was. I did younger. Too. Yeah, that's a that's a different dude. That would have well, been was, there was Jack Marshak. That was Chris Wiggins. Chris Wiggins played Jack Marshak. Um, well, what else have I seen him in then? What was so, his name again? Um, yeah, you'd have to ask that. Um, tipsy enough that I can't remember. It starts with a B. Uh, let's look it up. We'll just go Robin Hood, Kevin Costner. Yeah. Whoop, wrong one. That's Russell. Brian Crow. Blessed. Brian Blessed. Oh, he was in Flash Gordon. He's got a he's got a long list of, of very distinguished roles. He's he's played King Lear. Um which, you know, he sounds like a Shakespearean actor, so I can certainly see that. Uh in film. Uh, you may know him from as Prince Volton in Flash Gordon. 
Uh, he played Henry V. No, that's not who we Exeter. saw. No, 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 no. Brian not Blessed? Who we saw. Yes. That's not Brian. Brian Blessed. The guy I'm talking about, he was, I did not see him in episode one. Episode Brian one, season Blessed two. was not Prince Voltar. Well, he might have been in season two. I didn't see him in season two. I'm talking season one, the guy that was in charge of the Lunar Project for them to go oh, to that oh, planet. Oh, yeah, the guy that I talked to as uh, as Robin of Loxley. No, 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 that's not who I'm, no. Uh, the guy in season one. Um, he was in Friday the 13th. That was Breakaway. Uh, he was the commissioner. That's Roy. Oh, Roy Dotrice. Oh my God, he's the one that uh, that reads the Game of Thrones audiobooks. Oh my God. Yeah. No, no, no. Roy Dotrice wasn't in Friday the Thirteenth, but I know him from, and he was actually in an episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's the one that that reads the Game of Thrones audiobooks. He read like the first five books. I think he's dead now, but. How do you spell his last name? Dotrice, D-O-T-R-I-C-E. Yes. Oh my God, he was in Amadeus. Uh, he played. Yes, yes. He played Leopold. Um, what have I? S- oh, um, um, that I know what I'm thinking of. He was in Beauty and the Beast. He played the Beast's dad on that TV show. Oh, okay. I didn't watch that show, so. Yeah, he played the Beast. He played Ron Perlman's dad. Living in the underworld. Oh my Earth. God! Ron Perlman was the Beast in that show. Yeah, that, the Beast was Ron Perlman. I had no idea. And Linda Hamilton from Terminator was the female love interest. <laughs> I had no idea. I've never seen that show. That was pretty big, man. I had to watch it a lot. My mom was a fan. But no, um, the guy who played Mentor on on the first episode of the second season was uh, Lord of Loxley. And I instantly recognized him because the dude looked the same as he did in the movie, which was... Lloyd Dutrice died just last year. Yeah, I know. Which sucks because I was really looking forward to hearing his voice again in the next book if George R.R. Martin would ever release the motherfucker. Oh, dude, he was in Shaka Zulu. Was he really? Yeah, 1986. Nice. Hellboy 2, Amadeus, Wow, Tales from the Crypt, Death Lives. He was in Cheech and Chong's The Corsican Brothers. He was in an episode of Babylon 5. Yes. That would not surprise me. That would not surprise me. He's got some great movies, and he's got some real stinkers. He was in something called Alien Hunter in 2003 with James Spader. The Eliminators in 1986. Lock up your daughters in 1969. What a year. <laughs> he was in Suburban Commando with the Hulkster in 91. Oh, my God. That's a low point in his career. Holy shit. Wow. He, he's covered the gamut. He had to get some alimony, and he actually made some good shit. So. Yeah. But he had some hair back then, buddy. Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm I'm looking at a at his entry on on the wiki and uh, showing a picture of him in 1981. That side shot with that hair and that look—he kind of looks like he's related to Marlon Brando. Marlon uh, Brando, kind of a thinner Marlon Brando. 
Yeah, and Hellboy, he played the Elven King that got killed early on. In Hellboy? Yeah, Hellboy 2. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, you should. It's it's not a bad show. Seen Hellboy. I like it's a little the, more cam- it's a little more campy than Hellboy, but it's not bad. It's a good one timer. I think they're re releasing Hellboy. Of course they are. We don't Man. need any new shit. You notice how we've kind of moved on from Space 1999? I think we're finally... I think we're finally, done with it. Yeah. It was there. It happened. It's kind of like you go to the party. Yeah, yeah. You drink something out of a red plastic cup. You wake up with five strangers naked on a futon. You just yeah. move on from it. Yeah. I think we've you begun the healing. You just move on. We've begun yeah. the healing. Yeah. yeah there, there, was, there was a show called Space 1999. It ran for two years. It's One of the balls. things I did find interesting, though, about the show that I think is worth note. The episodes are 50 minutes long or longer. Oh, God. Don't remind me. And that means you got to fit commercials in there, too. So they either had a lot fewer shorter commercial breaks, which makes me think of hearing my parents say, damn it, these commercials won't go away. It used to be that many commercials. I'm thinking they might be right. They well, might be right. There may I mean, not have so been as many commercials. They may have just been a lot shorter. Yeah, 1970s. Uh, in the 1970s, the networks, I think, had a little more leeway on on some of the uh, time slots that they put in their shows. Uh, for instance, I know that the original Battlestar series, if we, uh, if we ever start reviewing that, had basically like miniseries type episodes where they would yeah, run they'd go for two like or an three hour hours. And a half. Yeah, yeah, they'd go like an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. Or, or sometimes three hours. They would have three hour slots. And it was, uh, that would be unheard of in today's time. There's no way that you would dedicate a show for a three hour slot. I would. Well, we would because, you know. We'd pick good shit. Right. But, you know, TV execs. Well, I say we get to the awards because I am uh, just about two swallows away from the end of this bottle. Right. I saw no one smoking. So I'm going to give it to the moon. Uh, yeah, the moon was smoking a little bit at times. I'm going to give my Black Lung Award to you. Me? Because nobody was smoking in this show. I don't want to give this show any kind of fucking awards because I don't want to award this shitty-ass show with anything. <laughs> so I'm giving my Black Lung Award to you. All right. What about your Player Award? Oh, my Player Award? Um... That's a good question. You're going to give it to my left hand? No, your right hand is much more of a player than your left hand. Yeah, but if I sit on my left hand. Well, it makes it feel like it's it's somebody else. The ABC Sunday Night Movie. Do you remember that? I I do. I just just pulled up the graphics on Google. Yeah? For that. Oh, I remember seeing that on the TV. The crawl where it sweeps in. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What the hell made you bring that up? Well, you're talking about how long those slots are. <laughs> I can remember the first time Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope hit regular TV, and it was on that. And then also Star Trek The Motion Picture, Indiana Jones, 
the first indie movie, all of them yeah. were on those big movie of the week. That was a deal, man. You got your Jiffy Pop popcorn going, sitting back with a ice cold Yoo-Hoo. <laughs> maybe one of those, maybe one of those newfangled diet cokes that came out in 1981, right? Or a tab. Oh the god! The first diet cola, a tab. Those were awful too. They tasted like shit. Yeah. People loved those things. Oh, I think they loved what they thought they were going to get from it. I don't think they actually loved it. There were a lot of sexy. I know I wanted to drink a tab because I saw sexy chicks drinking them on TV. And I wanted one of those sexy chicks, and I drank one and decided it was better to be alone. (laughs) Now, for my player award, I think I'm going to give it to George Clooney because we discussed Batman earlier and and him as Batman. (laughs) So I'm going to give it to George Clooney. That dude's okay. And then for the Purple Hippo Award, well, no, we're going down that path. We got to do Head Lush, and you've got to give your Black Lung and Player Awards. We're not skipping uh, out on this fucking already, episode. I've already done the black bit. lung. I gave it to the moon. Okay, the moon. So who's your player? The moon's the black lung. The player award. Um, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Martin Landau, Commander Koenig, in season one, episode twenty-four, "The Last Enemy," because in that it is a female planet versus a male planet. And oh, fucking women, serious. The women were betraying the men. Uh, the women, they said, we're just here. We're going to do a truce. And then they backed out of the truce thing. They actually used it as a sneak attack thing to take out the male planet. And Good for them. And he uh, pretended to leave the moon base on a little moon buggy, as they called it. <laughs> and he got up next to their, their battleship that was parked on the moon. And it was actually a spacesuit full of dynamite, and he destroyed the female ship. What a so, dick! I'm going to give him the player award because he played her. <laughs> and uh, let's see, Purple Hippo Award. Who's your head? Or lush? Head lush. Head lush. Head lush. Uh, the head lush award. Um, let's see. We talked about uh, Ragnarok. I'm going to give it the four. Because he likes to drink. Nice. A lot. I he agree. Drink. That'll work. <laughs> and the Purple Hippo Award, I'm just going to give to whoever did the soundtrack for Space 1999. Because <laughs> that was some spacey fucking music, man. It was. Yeah, it started it was- off okay. The first couple of measures sounded like a sci-fi show, and it goes that bow, chicka, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, it goes to the bow, wow, yeah. And they changed the the music in the opening sequence, apparently, between the first and second seasons as well. Oh, yes. And they also changed the the, the cut shots for the actors, because in the beginning, they just turned and looked majestic. Then they started getting those action shots. (laughs) You know, posing with the laser pistol. So my head Yeah, this was a definite stinker. Oh, God. Oh, God. My head lush award is going to me. (laughs) <laughs> I finished an entire bottle of Tawny Port in about uh, the 45 minutes it's taken to record this so far um, from the time that I started. So my head lush scores award goes to me. Uh, purple Hipple. Yeah, fuck you. The Purple Hipple. The Purple Hipple and the Head Lorsch. You know what? 
That is some good shit, buddy. <laughs> now, um, my purple hippo. I don't know that I have a purple hippo award. This, this, because I'm not giving this fucking show any awards. Just give it to the seventies. I'll give it to the seventies. That's that's a good idea. The seventies. Give it to the the seventies. The decade that was the hangover from the sixties. I'm giving yes. it to the, the purple hippo award. I mean, Jenny barely got out of the 70s with fucking Forrest Gump, you know? That's right. That's right. All right. Well, I think we need to pick our next show, and you better pick well, because if you pick another shitty-ass fucking uh, show to review. We can always update the list. (laughs) (laughs) Make a little few editing decisions. Uh, All right, man. So I've got everything randomized and sorted you need to pick a number between one and 94 let's go with 17 17 oh you're gonna like this one this one is actually gonna be a pretty good one okay so next episode We are going to be reviewing John Carpenter's movie where a drifter discovers a pair of sunglasses that allow him to wake up to the fact that aliens have taken over the Earth. It is 1988's They Live. I am so there. (laughs) I have come to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. So that is a line that inspired Duke Nukem. And, Rowdy, uh, Roddy Piper. Yeah, Roddy, Roddy Piper. Keith and in David. my opinion, one of the best fight scenes of any movie. It looks so realistic. Oh, yeah. It was very realistic in that it was just a well, couple of Roddy's the one that choreographed that. the shit out of each other. Roddy choreographed that. Oh, yeah. There weren't any fancy moves or... Oh, that or, was dirty. That's how oh, yeah. grown men fight, boys and girls. <laughs> Well, and I would even say that it, it doesn't even get down and, and gritty enough because it didn't get to the ground early enough. It was a whole lot of haymakers and shit. And in in real life, you yeah, see but that's, fights. And, that's possible, though. That's plausible if you get true. a couple of guys that like It is a lot more plausible than seeing Jackie Chan jumping around like a fucking chipmunk. Yeah, but it's cool to watch him do the chipmunk. Oh, it is. He's, he's a beautiful fucking I mean, martial artist. He's the only guy I know that can do a, a jump and a backflip with a hasp twist and go through one of those little uh, door openings at a bank teller on the drive up. He's, he's good. Right. He's good. That will be next episode. Um, we appreciate you listening, and uh, uh, we'll probably be much more sober for the next episode. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I mean, it is smoking and drinking in space. And That's true. We are in space. We're on Starship Earth, right? That's true. We're That'll do it for this week. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Pod crawl music is Snack Mix by Vichette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podchaser, and Blueberry. You can leave us feedback at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com, on Twitter at status underscore podcast, or email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. I'm Jason. And I'm Red, and you need to really get your people to listen to this, because I would love to have a job where I actually get told, go get a beer. (laughs) And that'll do it for this week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Take it easy.
right, so uh, let me flick around here for a little bit and figure out how to drunkenly um, five o'clock somewhere. Shit. 